recording and welcome to this edition of our podcast. I'm Chester, Director of Operations at Cube. I've got Weldon joining me. Glad to be here. I am the Chief Collaboration Officer and VP of Sales and Marketing. Thanks, Weldon. And also we have Charles joining us. Charles, you're on the podcast. I am. I am uh, Charles Katsia, the CTO. Kicking off 2022, it's been a crazy time. And uh, one of the things that we've talked about, I know, internally is things move at such a speed that it's really challenging to communicate changes to our customers, to to people who are interested, to our partners and things like that as they happen. And so that's what this effort is about. Just a, a conversation among us, what's happening in, in our different uh, departments and things, what's happening with Cube and what people can expect. So, um, you know, looking ahead at 2022, but... Let's start with 2021 and talk about some of our some of our wins. Weldon, biggest win of, of 2021. Biggest win of 2021, I think it has to be that telecommunications got cool again. You know, we saw a lot of providers go away from the desire and need for scent and digital signage and things like that. There's a lot of importance being brought back to the phones. People and needing voice communications, better customer experience, a very competitive landscape for the customer experience, and seeing opportunities come about out of that and people getting past some of their fears, getting engaged with voice over IP. I mean, talking got cool again. I think that's awesome. It's been one of the big wins that's enabled us to move away from, you know, towards some of the cool things that we've always wanted to do. Man, we really see that in some of the environments where we could actually see voice traffic um, in the last year just take a huge spike, huh? Absolutely. I think um, over here in operations, we, we cover a lot of things, operations, logistics, and support and things like that. One of our big wins was bringing on new people. And, you know, because of the demand that we have in, in our side of the house, needing more people. So that was a huge win um, for us. Despite the, the hiring challenges that people face, there are good people out there who want to work. So. <laughs> well, the fact that things were moving rapid, people don't realize we at Cube were busier probably in the last 18 months than we were in the previous four years, both in terms of hardware units shipped, integrations done. It was an incredibly busy year from us, from one of our pr- primary competitors handing us the keys to their kingdom as they folded up shop. We've been busier than we've ever been. And that put a big load on you guys from support to shipping units. Yeah. That was awesome to see you guys be able to ramp up and scale up. I think that's on Charles list as one of the the big wins for 2021. Hey, Charles? Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, really proud that uh, we were able to support the users of the, uh, you know, premier tech network devices after they closed their business down in 2020. And of, I mean, of course, one of the big reasons for that was the browser vendors uh, were making all these changes at the end of 2020, and there was just no way that mm. their system could survive into 2021. And we then were able to step in and created an offering we ended up calling Premier Link, which allows for these Premier network devices to be managed from CubeMC instead. And that really came into its own during 2021. But there's actually been a lot of new technology that's been added inside of the CubeMC platform during 2021. A lot of that under the hood, in fact, in preparation for a lot of exciting things coming in 2022. 
As an example, awesome. uh, there's the ability to publish media to more voice over IP systems faster, new ways of creating audio content, uh, you know, way of managing music that, that I, I think is quite revolutionary and lots more tool enterprise customers. So, uh, yeah, lots of exciting <laughs> you, things. For you, tease, you tease, you tease. I, I, I want these things now. <laughs> One of my favorite things, people on the outside don't realize, Charles teases us on our internal calls just as much. Hey, I had this brainstorm and I came up with this idea and it's going to do this. And he says it at like a 40,000 foot view. And man, I went into the four foot view so fast <laughs> and it's there. And he goes, well, I just don't want to bore you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell me now. And he has just solved, you know, he's made the better mousetrap. I mean, you know, and it's, it's so fun to be on this side of that. So, guys, you're not the only ones getting teased, but there is some really it's cool a, stuff It's coming. a team effort, right? So I always say it's a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting on the on the Premiere thing. People are like, why, why didn't you just, you know, run the old CMS? Why didn't you just keep the, the old? It was working fine. Why didn't you keep, keep it going? But you're right. You touched on it. Like, there was no way. I mean, the the browser support for Flash that that was built on went away at the end of um, end of the year. And so there was just – there was no way to keep that alive. And I, I'm still uh, – pretty proud along with you though i didn't have much to do with it in terms of being able to create that <laughs> premiere link and and you know be able to keep keep people alive you know that, yeah, that was all us in the sales so. department all of us in the sales. We, were, we were the ones coding that for everybody I, no, exactly i think some of the things that one of the things that really impressed me was uh, you know the fact that a lot of the cups the cups the companies relying on this solution are you know inherently competitors of one another right and so you know there was no way we could pull this effort off without them being competitors choosing to collaborate in in a fashion mm. and so you know just the way in which this community of customers ended up coming together to help facilitate us creating premier link I, I mean i think is the community should be proud of itself right it's 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 not just not just the work we did yeah I was just going to say that kind of seems like a really nice segue into that was somebody else's really big challenge that turned into a win for us. So Chester, what was one of your biggest challenges of 2021? <laughs> Our biggest challenge, I think, still continues to be people's comfort level with networking environments. And just <laughs> <laughs> the network is here to stay. You know, newsflash, things are connected and you better get used to it. Get comfortable with it because things are connected. But it's amazing how many people and I mean, I get it, I guess, on one hand, it just it's not their language. They don't understand connected things and, and how networks work. But so many things function on the network today that you're, you're doing yourself a favor, huge favor to just to get comfortable with that, get comfortable with how networks work and, and just be all right with that, embrace it. But you know what? The second thing on our side, I, I think from a challenge standpoint, I'm really still surprised at the number of people who don't know what all we currently offer. So Charles over here today throwing out, you know, teases for what's coming later and, and all in 2022. But still, there's people who I talk to who say, oh, I didn't know that you provide major label background music, you know, that you could do overhead messaging. And <laughs> so it's just a big challenge to be able to communicate all that stuff to people. I think one of the funniest things for me coming from the outside. So people who don't know, I came into this uh, group with Cube about six, six and a half years ago or so. And my first conference I went to with them was people talking about how how this little box can do all these different things. Meanwhile, they had iPhones in their <laughs> pockets that could be cameras exactly. and web servers <laughs> and all that. You know, it can do all kinds of things. And yeah, it can do on hold and background music. That's yeah. It can do both of those things, but in that small space, I'm like, 
This phone yeah. is stronger than what NASA had to send people to the moon. <laughs> but <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't that you be a surprise. Do, you know, all these kind of things, How, but it is. However, you know, I, I get it. You know, when you're not, when you're used to a certain path and a certain method, the fact that we do do a lot of things and we do sol- solve a lot of problems, we are a problem solving company, and we're trying to do that in the smartest way possible to help people. It just it helps. You know, that's actually one of our wins from from my perspective. You know, is exactly that solving problems for people, and this came directly out of a customer. Um, request of ours in the last year, and, and that's our file link product. We had customers who were manually creating audio for various different voice over IP phone systems and then having to send that out to their clients and really came to us looking for a way to automate that. So that was one of their big challenges. They were spending, I think, around three days among doing this, you know, this one aspect of their business, and we were able to create this file link product that automatically mixes, automatically schedules, automatically sends the content out to the customer. It tracks when they download it. You know, all these things took them from three days to three hours worth of work. So, you know, challenge for them, win for us, and being able to productize that and, and, you know, bring that to the market. That was a huge win on our side. It sounds like what you're just talking about there is two more days on your business versus in your business or vice versa. I always get that backwards, but two days... (laughs) That well, that's yeah, a lot I mean of, more, but yeah, yeah. That's a that's a lot of you know calling customers and being creative and solving other problems when you're doing these if, across a year. That's that's almost a you know what two times twenty yeah that's like twenty four yeah. days that you're taking off at least almost a month you're giving back to somebody. Right. That's right. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So again, <clears throat> it was something that channeled through through our side. I mean, Charles and his team on on Dev are really the ones that made that happen. So kudos to Charles. We just like building. We'll just like building cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really that needs to be our slogan. You know, Cube. We just like building really cool stuff. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, I want build, challenges. I want, oh. oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, I was just gonna say, building cool stuff. I mean, I once built a 16 foot tall trebuchet for my kids. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) we do. We like to build cool stuff. We build cool stuff. Cheryl, biggest challenges of of 2021? I would say the effects of the global chip shortage and the you know worldwide supply chain issues with electronics components. And yeah, yeah, unfortunately. That seems likely to continue into 2022. Cheryl, you need to do a better job of telling people what all is involved in that. I've been trying to share what my extra, you know, my filter for what you've told us internally out to other people, but I think you could probably give that a much better treatment. How serious is this, and what all of the what are some of the moving parts to it? Well, the upshot is that the really the whole world is struggling with just availability of the semiconductor chips that go into, I mean, literally every single piece of electronics you, you can think of. And there are several factors be, behind this, right? So the first factor is there are only a small or limited number of these foundries or, or chip fabs. These are the actual mm. fabrication plants, right, where the chips are, are made. And they're just simply, there aren't enough of these fabs to meet the current demand. Now, these are not factories you can just open overnight, right? They take literally billions of dollars and years to build because they are at truly massive scale. I mean, people don't actually always realize that in a way, these fabs are at the outer edges of what humanity is able to achieve. It's, It's like going to the moon, right? When you're inside one of these buildings, 
it it really feels like a marvel that it all works not not just speaking technologically but you know financially as well so you know maybe i can give you a sense right of the the scale and numbers involved here like like one fab might be you know 2 million square feet over four stories you know chip manufacturing <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> starts with silicon crystals that you know each crystal is taller and heavier than a human. These are cut into, you know, super thin wafers that have to be ultra precise in thickness and evenness. You know, in fact, so precise they can only be moved around robotically between machines, right? Then that wafer may have as many as 70 layers of processing happening to it, which in a, you know, typical factory can take three months to go from start to finish. Now, you know, one of those crucial machines involved in this process is called uh, you know, extreme ultraviolet uh, photolithography and uh, specifically to make high-end chips. And, you know, one of these machines, are they're massive. One machine costs $150 million, contains 100,000 <laughs> yeah. parts, and uh, takes 40 shipping containers or, or, or four Tombo jets, right, to, to ship. And there is exactly one manufacturer of these machines in the world. That's a company called ASML in the Cheryl, Netherlands. That, that's our answer. <laughs> We like making cool stuff. We're going to ma start making these. That's it. <laughs> Folks, problem solved. Cuba's got it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the reality is like this is, uh, I mean, this technology is so cutting edge. There's one company that does it and uh, out of the Netherlands and like everybody else, they are having delays too. They can't get the chips they need <laughs> to produce their machines faster either. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier and the fact that it takes three months to fab a wafer from start to finish, like that's just mind blowing. We think about punching stuff out in this, you know, Amazon yeah. Prime world, order it today, get it tomorrow, but it's just not that way. Yeah. So that's the first issue, right? The second issue is that just in the last year or so, I know of at least two major chip fabs that had accidents and totally burned down. So, you know, so manufacturing capacity is, is a problem. There have been coal shortages in the East, which is obviously where a lot of these fabs are based. There have been energy crises. There have been, you know, periodic shutdowns required to these factories as a result. And so just on the, you know, on the manufacturing side of things, not a rosy picture. Mm. Then, mm. you know, a third factor is that even before the start of the pandemic, chip manufacturers need to book, would be booking their manufacturing runs about a year in advance. And it's actually a, a lot of car manufacturers that would hold those slots, right, because of their, their usual volumes. So when the pandemic hit, this actually caused a huge whiplash effect because of, you know, work from home just pushing up this massive demand for consumer electronics and, and computers at the same time that the car manufacturers thought their demand w was going to go down and go down, kind of passing yeah, on their right. chip making slots. And then, of course, it turned out that the car demand didn't go down, which left the car manufacturers scrambling to get these slots back, which then left these fabs really badly overbooked for, <laughs> you know, for more than a year out. So if you look just in the past year, worldwide component demand went up 30%. Manufacturing capacity went down. So, you know, no surprise that you have companies like like TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor, who makes, you know, almost half of the world's chips 
that just basically recently announced the biggest price increase in a decade mm. because they have to commit to invest $100 billion over the next three years to get more right. factories open. Right. So in, in just the past year, looking at individual components and assemblies, costs have gone up by 25%, 30%, even 40%, 50% in some cases. I mean, sometimes components that cost cents are being quoted at $30, $40 because they are just that hard to get a hold of. And, you know, here's here's the upshot of it. It affects everybody in the electronics industry. It is not possible to, you know, to use electronics in any way and not be affected by this. The, the components are going only to the most important firm orders. Costs and lead times are going up, up across the board. And I, I think until there is a decreased demand or should there not be a decreased demand in electronics worldwide, which, which seems really unlikely, this is going to be the situation for 2022 and probably a good part of 2023 also, just because of how long it takes to build new factories, right? Cheryl, mm. so, it's, it's funny you say that. I was just talking to one of our clients who might be listening to this at some point, and they did a remodel during the shutdown you know, of their kitchen. And so as they're doing this whole big remodel, right as peak price for lumber and plywood and different things going on. Then they ordered all their appliances. Well, guess what? They still don't have yeah, appliances. appliances. Why? Yeah. Because every one of them has a chip. It's part of a smart system, you know, so they're stuck. <laughs> so it's not just cube. It's everybody. It's everybody. So, yeah. So Cheryl, all right. I, when I came on board, one of the other things I saw when I came to the first show was how everyone was scared to death of voice over IP. And my background in cybersecurity was we always saw opportunity as or coming out of tragedy or you know disaster created opportunities and all right we're, there's a chip shortage what's the opportunity how can people plan for this what can we they or what can our customers do so different when hey newsflash there have been months like long periods of months where Cube had no hardware to ship to anybody and that could happen again what can they do. So I think the uh, first thing to remember is that the chip shortage situation pertains to hardware, right? And, you know, there are obviously many ways in which CubeMC can create content and publish it without hardware. You know, thinking, for example, of virtual cube solutions that do streaming into voiceover IP systems or, you know, s streaming background music systems, right? So these are not going to be greatly affected by the chip shortage. And so, you know, the virtual options will increase in importance. I think it's going to be important for customers to get more into our, you know, virtual solutions for voiceover, IP, et cetera, where, you know, they are maybe placing less emphasis on hardware than they did in the past. So, Charles, on that specifically, one of the things I've seen as a win out of 2021 is seeing some of our clients see what we can do with our virtual solutions uh, specifically to the stuff that ties into broadsoft and there's a for those who don't know broadsoft is the back-end technology that drives a lot of your name brand voice over ip providers from at&t and verizon all the way down to you know some smaller regional players um but what broadsoft allows us to do is that we can do things beyond playing a message it can be interactive it can be all that being said, there's a lot more than just selling them a script and a voice. You can start selling them stuff that saves them money that is not tra that is actually trackable on our. I always tell the story of we had a vet who had a call center staff of three people, and they had an app. As we did our discovery and trying to solve what the problems were, they had an app that had like eight percent adoption. 
but all these people calling in could have gathered the information from the app and not had to wait on hold. Well, by creating a, a process while the person was waiting on hold, they could, you know, they could, when the system asked if they were on a smartphone, would you like an app that would gather this information for you and you wouldn't have to wait anymore? When people said yes, they got texted a link, could download the app, get their information. Boom. All of a sudden, two of those call center staff were able to be repurposed elsewhere. That's a 70,000 minimum a year savings for that, for that, for that vet. Hmm. Guys, that's not on hold anymore even though it was on hold right. that allowed that to happen. So when you can start seeing opportunities out of the, out of the disaster, you can start thinking about layers of how you're important to somebody's business beyond, Hey, I've got Mike over here with a cool voice and this really script that's going to hold them while they're on hold. This is dynamic. This is smart hold, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think it's a valid, uh, it's a valid point. You know, people, customers should be looking into more virtual opportunities. And uh, I mean, we are there to collaborate with them and to, you know, assist them uh, in that process. Uh, you know, at the same time, it's not necessarily going to be practical for everybody to retool themselves immediately, right? To, to, to be doing more of that than they've done hardware in the past. So, you know, for customers that are and will remain focused on the hardware, I would say that it's really important to understand that the chip shortage is affecting all hardware manufacturers, right? It's a global problem. So any device manufacturer that claims different is just not being forthright with you about their situation. There is, is nowhere in the supply chain where any component vendor currently can tell you for sure what components exactly they'll have available in a few months and what the cost is going to be, right? I mean, everybody is booking months in advance against only hard confirmed orders. So people reliant on hardware need to plan for there being ongoing fluidity in terms of, of pricing and lead time on a month by month, maybe even a week by week um, basis. So if, you know, pricing certainty and lead times has always been important to a lot of people. I mean, that's just not the reality anymore, unfortunately. So if it is important to you and your business model, the best advice I can give you at the moment is keep more of your own inventory on hand, because that's really the only way you can lock in things as much as you're able by, you know, by pre-purchasing as much inventory as you think you'll need. And, you know, I would say aim to plan at least four months ahead. So basically what I did with toilet paper last year, right? <laughs> were you the one? You, no. you were the one. <laughs> I jest, I jest. There was no, we did not do that. No hoarding yeah. down. But, so you alluded, or you mentioned this earlier, Weldon, that there was um, some time when we didn't have anything to ship because of the supply chain. And, and thankfully, that's coming around. We've, we've got hardware in. We're able to start shipping and, and we're working on the supply chain issues. But still, it, there's a lot of unknowns, right? And yeah. that can change in a week. Guys, when we say we've got orders coming in, we've also got orders that have been sitting there for weeks and months. So a lot of times we have orders that are booked before they ever land with us. So if you think you might need something, make sure we're a part of the conversation. I'm not saying order it right away, but make sure we're part of the conversation as quickly as you possibly can. Chester, you talked about challenges. I think I didn't say one of our challenges in 2021. I think our biggest challenge was that we didn't have capacity to move through all the people that were willing to work with us at the same time. The, one of the biggest things that's going to be coming out in 2022 is the number of integrations we're going to be doing that can help people virtually. And honestly, mm -hmm. we could have had, you know, five times the staff to work on that and get the, we could be pushing things through quicker. Problem is that those aren't funded yet. And so once they get funded, you probably will see 
Cube is going to grow in personnel this year significantly. And part of that is because the integrations you guys are going to see, the changes that are going to be coming to our product line and who we're going to be viewing as our customers. I mean, my title that changed this year is chief collaboration officer as a reason. And we'll explain more of that in coming podcasts as we start making some announcements. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably like a whole, a whole segment on itself is uh, what that means, what collaboration is and, and kind of our vision for that. Yeah. So. My day-to-day work has changed significantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. I'm excited about where we're headed on that front for sure. And I think it's really going to help um, people out. It's going to help our customers and, and the broader base of their customers out quite a bit. Yeah. Hey, this is good, guys. Thanks for taking the time to to, to jump on this podcast and, and to make this happen. I think it's a great way to be able to communicate kind of in the moment and, and get this out to people. So I will, I will leave with this. Our culture is very important to us here at Cube. And one of the things we do is we try to do the right thing always, regardless if it's right for us. And so in that, in that vein, this last year, year and a half, two years, whatever it has been for you has been hard. And there's been a lot of frustration, anger, depression. And if you're facing that, um, one of the best ways I found for getting out of that is being kind to others first in the middle of your own pain and challenge. So my daughter recently has started a challenge, make someone smile today. So folks Mm. where you can, cool make someone smile today. And hopefully we've done that for you now. That's awesome. Good reminder. Thanks everyone. Go have a great day.